Welcome to Real Music Talk, where we talk real music. I am... <laughs> do that intro again. Do that intro again. Forgot my own name. Welcome to Real Music Talk, where we talk real music. I am Quasar, and this is Koa. Koa is a singer-songwriter out of the LA scene, and he used to work in studios. And mm, mm, mm. Welcome to Real Music Talk, where we talk real music. I am Quasar, and that's Koa. Koa is a singer-songwriter uh, with 20 years experience. I am a DJ producer who used to DJ in the LA scene. I just recently moved to Austin. Uh, used to DJ a little bit. How about just, how about you welcome back? Remember us? <laughs> okay. Welcome back. Remember us? It's Real Music Talk. I'm Quasar and that's Koa. Koa is a music producer and singer-songwriter of the LA scene with 20 years experience. I am a DJ and producer with 20 years DJ experience in the LA scene and about 15 years music production experience. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, glad you joined us. Um, we both watched this video uh, earlier today. It was a, it's a YouTube video by the YouTube channel. Hold on, I got it written down. It is called Moose Formation, Mus Formation. It's M-U-S-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N. Uh, really cool channel. He goes over um, a lot of marketing stuff. He's like, he's a self-proclaimed, I think, marketing nerd. I think that's how he opens his videos. Um, but yeah, he's super knowledgeable. And this video was interesting. It was about uh, release schedules and how quickly you should release music. Uh, he brought up Russ, if you're not familiar with Russ. Russ is an artist who, for years, released a song a week on Spotify and grew to be a really big artist today uh, based on that whole thing. So what did you grab from that video? Well, I was searching the possibility of uh, releasing a song a week because I have thought of doing that with my own work. Uh, it's a little different because he was talking about writing and recording a song, writing, recording, releasing mm. a song a week. He wasn't talking about if your stuff is already written. Right, right, right. That's a good point. Yeah, so if your stuff is already written, should I release that much music, a song every week? And I, I've just been curious about it. And I found that video. And he he told me about that guy, Russ. I'd never heard of him because it's mm. like a bit of a different genre for me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm intrigued. I was intrigued to see your thoughts about, is that too much from you for, for your audience <laughs> to do that? I mean, I don't think it is, but I'm curious what you think. I should certainly be releasing music more than I am now, which is not really much at all lately. So I need to definitely come up with some strategy to change that. Uh, once a week sounds excessive. And really with Russ, and I don't know how many other, he's got to be the main poster child for just putting out content until it works. I mean, at least in the music sphere i mean there's plenty of youtubers who kind of have that same model right yeah they even will stream every day or whatever the whatever the deal is for youtube it's probably even faster but um but yeah a song a week written and recorded a just sounds like a crazy daunting task um which i guess he touched on he touched on the type of music you make will inform whether or not that's even possible right um if you are in a genre that expects pristine production i don't know if you could even do it in that kind of turnaround but 
Russ happens to sit in a spot where it's a little more experimental and a little bit more raw, which he's also great at. I don't know if you ever listen to his music. He's he's not like again, he's not my thing either, but I can totally see it. I'm like, oh shit, this guy's he's got it. <laughs> um so yeah, yeah I, don't I don't know if I could even do that. You know? Yeah. I mean, well, he said he had done it for a long time and not had any success. Mm -hmm. He worked and was unknown. I think he said for like a year or over a year, he released like a song a week. Yeah. He said he had like a thousand followers after that whole, maybe it was even more than a year. It's like a couple of years, I thought. Yeah. You know, uh, Harvard or I think Princeton released a, a business school study where they had two like i guess fictional companies not i mean they were real companies started by their students and they decided to see which company did better based on two different release uh product release launches mm -hmm. and the company a uh launched the product right away it still had issues they were sorting out and they would improve upon it in the in public so the public would see oh this version is better than the version they had a few months ago etc etc mm -hmm. Co company b waited till everything was perfect they had worked out all the kinks and then launched their grand release mm. and the and the company that showed the public like all their mistakes mm -hmm. and they're they're trying to imp them trying to improve the product in public that company did better the company that waited till everything was perfect did much worse. And they did that study over and over again, which that is, is interesting. It's really interesting. And I think we could learn something about art, you know, like whether you're a painter, sculptor, recording artist, mm. uh, whatever it is, you may think, oh, it's not ready. It's not ready. It's not perfect. But, you know, the companies that become Coca-Cola and McDonald's, they start with what they have. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what this study was showing. So I think it's cool that he did that. And I yeah. think and I think if he were going to go and it's cool that he's not ashamed of the stuff that he did for the year right? that he had no one. <laughs> that's pretty respectable. That's I think that's yeah, that's maybe what separates the nice the mice from the men in this business. Right. The ability to just like put it out, even though, you know, it's not what was exactly what was in here but it's close but it's not you know well that and you know i i love uh teddy roosevelt and he would always respond to his critics by saying well at least i'm in the arena you know mm. what are you doing you can sit there and criticize me but at least i'm in the arena and he kind of came up with that term for anyone who's actually doing something you mm -hmm. criticize them but at least <clears throat> At least they're in the arena, so to speak. So, yeah, you gotta, you have to pay some respect to someone that just says, you know what, I don't care what the the naysayers say, I'm gonna do it anyway. What's interesting about the whole model, though, is if I mean, I guess there's like a little confirmation bias because we only see the ones that work, right? I mean, there's probably another artist out there who's putting out a song a week and nobody still cares. It's been five years, you know? Um, I don't know. But, I don't I don't know that that's true. Yeah? You think, we don't you have think... any proof. We don't have any evidence that someone has released a song a week for five years and they're still in obscurity. I think... 
but would we? <laughs> well, who who would can I think I don't know. You just need that evidence before you say because I think there's something to be said. You're going to get better after 5 years. Yeah, it's oh. true. I well, mean, that's kind of where to. I was headed. I I was just prefacing what I was saying to say that it's possible that 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 guy exists, the guy who who did exactly what Russ did, but not exactly cuz probably didn't. But you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I would say that like I basically agree with you. You can't it, it seems like you can't lose if you really up your output because you're going to uh, either gain followers through just the sheer amount of content or maybe you won't but you'll get way better and then something will start to catch and then the third factor is that you have the story to tell um which is what i find interesting too there's another there's an artist by the name of beeple do you know who beeple is no well he just recently all of his his, his work which he would make an original piece of uh, digital art every day never missed a day for like a decade or something crazy mm -hmm. like that i'm mm -hmm. not sure exactly how long but <clears throat> so he never missed a day and that's kind of become his thing become his story become his brand um not all of them are you know some of them you can tell he slapped them together and some of them you can tell he spent a long time but it doesn't matter you just get your little people hit every day but he just recently when nfts hit cashed in for like couple hundred million or a hundred million or something like that for his original nfts because of the story because now he's a person now so that's what that was that was the um that's my point you can't lose on three fronts because at least you have the story too when something finally gets some traction you have the story that you put it you, you put in the grind okay i love that you brought that up because it's a good transition to the next topic that i mm -hmm. wanted to ask you about which is your story the artist's backstory mm -hmm. and how you put that forth effectively and meaningfully meaningfully yeah uh, for your public like i think your story is so much of who you are to the mm. public i mean they have to see that it's not just your art it's your backstory it's all of that stuff and i think it's it's hard to 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 give them that story yeah right yeah what because even is we, that story like well i think there's always two stories there's mm. your story and then the story there's the story that you're telling people mm -hmm. which is not the same story mm. your story your story is full of things you don't want anyone to know oh i see i see always mm. mm -hmm. there's very few exceptions where people are just like, man, this is me, everything, you know, mm -hmm. most of the time, especially in the, in our industry with the vanity mm -hmm. and the image and the branding that goes along with it, mm -hmm. it's kind of terrifying to say, you know, how many people gave an interview mm -hmm. and said, whatever, my childhood had this in it. And were terrified that it would kill their career. Yeah, you know, you, you, I think we get really cynical and we think everything is manufactured and calculated. But I'm sure some people are just trying to be honest mm -hmm. and just caution to the wind. Hopefully, it doesn't doesn't hurt me too bad. Yeah, uh, in, you know, in terms of my career, but yeah, like <laughs> your 
story is something people want, but I still haven't figured out how to tell it in yeah. a way that in a way that is like cool. I, I I feel you, or like I don't know, maybe I even feel like it wouldn't be that interesting. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's happened, but there's I feel like a lot of things have happened to a lot of people. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't have like you know Kanye West has uh his car accident and like facing the fact that he just got a deal and his face might be messed up and then you know spinning that verse through the wire that's like a whole nice little arc right there um i don't know if i have any marquee moments like that you know <laughs> you gotta i think um i think it's hard to it's hard to get eyes on you if it's just your art because there's it's just too much music mm. I, I keep that it's like a common refrain that there's just too much music i think so much about um how how much music there is it's unbelievable oh, yeah. it's unbelievable you know i mean you have people like that on that video we were talking about they're releasing a song a day but it's just nothing to write home about something they just recorded on their phone and yeah I'll upload it to spotify and they'll do that every day or every week and it's just people are it's hard to get you know that i think you need us you need i don't want to say you need a story you need who you are who you really are to yeah. be shown to come through to your audience i think yeah that's that's the hard part right i mean that's even difficult in what we're doing right now right like that's maybe even the reason like you know if you're practicing guitar you're putting in reps to be natural at playing guitar uh the more reps we do even at this thing that the the podcasting video podcasting thing the more of our own true selves will start to shine through so uh, yeah i mean i guess in releasing that's probably another thing he learned you know in putting out a song a week right he learned how vulnerable to be or how you know just how to be himself where his sound really is all those all that stuff i guess comes with reps right because he does have a story and then he, now now it's not just this is the guy who put out a song a week it's like he's kind of like a motivational figure yeah. to his fans uh, that's so and interesting he, that's, his, that's his and then boom that's his brand you know just like grind like russ does or or however however he packages it that's but, true uh, and i'm not saying Absolutely. it's not real it is real but he found a way to show that side of himself because obviously it's in there <laughs> he did a song a week yeah <laughs> it's obviously real um you can't fake that you can't fake hard work so yeah that's that's i guess it's all reps right that's interesting day, that's yeah so yeah it feels down to yeah um that's really interesting so yeah he is like now a motivational artist to his people mm -hmm. That is so mm -hmm. cool to the people that, to his fans and to other artists mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, what entails a DJ's work? Q, I want to ask mm. you, like, what do you, what, what is your day and your nights and your gigs? What do ah, they look okay. like? Because I have this question came in here from a, from a viewer. What entails <laughs> hey. a DJ's work? All right. Do you research songs? How do you choose beats, intuition, trends? What goes into the process of getting ready to play a gig? Excellent like question. This. 
It's a good yeah. question. It's a great question. Yeah. Uh, it depends on the gig. So I have my residency nights where I play at nightclub slash bar type situations. Mm-hmm. Um, not too much. Well, it depends on where you are. But uh, for the most part, uh, if you're playing open format, which is what I play at these clubs, um, I have my long list of songs that go back to the 70s. And then I sprinkle in new stuff as it comes in. Uh, so staying on top of the new stuff, but not all of it because not all of it's very club friendly lately. Can I so interrupt? For, yeah. Your your stuff going back to the 70s. Yeah. Are, are you playing the actual song or are you playing like awesome remix? Most of the time of it's stuff? kind of, it, at the very least, it's the song with like intro beats added, you know, because a lot of those songs just kind of like, come in slow it's not like Mm -hmm. i really end up playing a lot of those at the nightclub though but i still have them for Mm -hmm. open format gigs as a whole Uh, but Uh yeah they'll either be some sort of intro beats added in so that i so that i can keep time because they move around Mm -hmm. too you know Mm -hmm. they're like played live yeah uh and then maybe some hype on top you know some sort of uh intro that does something different maybe it like samples another song for a second and then goes into the song you know some sort of wordplay or tone play that you can so, work on that you can I, um, sorry that you can work in go ahead yeah um it was said that uh the dj genre is so brilliant because they just took the best part of the song whatever <laughs> yeah. it was just five, se- much five seconds yeah. yeah like and that was just the part that they just played over and over again the best yeah. part of the song and uh if you think like TikTok, Instagram reels, YouTube shorts, all the yeah. music, all the music, uh, I guess, uh, channels. It's really, you're only getting a few seconds. Yeah. And that's going to get the million hits or whatever. So, you do you do we still release four minute songs, three minute songs, or do people, is the attention span now just shorter <laughs> and shorter? that all people can take i don't know that, that kind of, of seconds into your previous question a little bit um uh so djs we obviously mm-hmm. play songs for people at clubs and we try to play them yeah. in an order and kind of picking out the best parts or yeah kind of picking out the best parts not all the time but there's two schools of thought even in djing right so there's like djs who really don't let the second verse play who like mix really quickly from song to song have this kind of ADD approach to it. And I'm kind of the opposite where I tend to let things breathe a lot more. Mm-hmm. It depends on the song, but for the most part, if I'm playing it, it's cause I like the song like pretty much, or like sometimes the third verse is the best verse mm-hmm. and the ADD DJ will just edit it. So the third verse comes first, mm-hmm. but I'll just play the whole song to get there. You know, there's, um there's two different schools of thought. And I think I, in my just anecdotal (laughs) research uh, of my friends talking shit in my ear Uh, (laughs) (laughs) when we're at a club and the dj is doing kind of that add style mixing they're always like dude let it play just let it yeah so to answer your question i don't maybe the younger generation you know below us that isn't whispering in my ear feels different i don't think so though Mm -hmm. because they're at they're at my clubs um the attention span for hearing a song they love all the way through is still there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe the attention span has shortened for songs they don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, they might be. It depends, though, because when I have the crowd in a certain spot, I can play a full new song and they'll just ride with it. But if I don't have them there, and what doesn't even take, that's where the, you might feel the attention span issue. You know, mm-hmm. they're looking up at the DJ booth pretty much right away. I don't know this one. What's going on? But that's mm-hmm. a that's at an open format spot. Now, when I play a spot where I'm playing electronic music exclusively, like house music or something like that, it, for me, it's usually house music or tech house. Um, that's a whole different preparation. I have to prepare for each one of those sets individually. Mm-hmm. Um, people expect to hear new music. They expect to hear fresh music. And you're playing for a set amount of time. You are on the other hand too, but it's like a long on the open format side. It's like four hours, five hours. Yeah. So you don't really plan that out. Maybe you plan certain moments. Uh, and yeah, I have routines that I have in my head from over the years. Um, usually spawn from, oh, I mix these two songs together and that really works. Let's lean into that and make it like flashy. Um, so that's that's the long set. But then the, the house set, um, you know, maybe it's 90 minutes to two hours and I'll plan every song for the whole duration and rehearse it uh, so that I have it and I'll play it the way I rehearsed it. Yeah. Yeah. So those now are that, a lot more work. 